What's up, guys? Our Wrestling Podcast back at you with another episode. This is Dave Vicious along with Jess the Total Package, Craig the British Bulldog, and Cuz is here. What's, What's up, up buddy? What's going on, Bringing you our perspective on the world of professional wrestling. No inside sources, no ties to the industry, just stories from the diehards sharing opinions with you. Can someone feed me today's topic? The saxophone player, Barry Clinton Wyndham. Oh, I heard about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that's what we're talking about? That's yeah. weird. It's yeah. whatever happened to Barry Wyndham. Barry Wyndham. That's his theme music. Barry I, it kind of goes that Wyndham. way. Yeah. Just, you know. Barry Wyndham. Be enjoying retirement. Two bucks. That's for sure. It's going to be yeah. good stuff. For audio fans, give us a listen on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Google Podcast, or watch our videos at YouTube on our wrestling channel. Can you do us a favor, though, and on social media, give us a follow on Instagram or Twitter at OWP2019. Or on Facebook at our wrestling podcast when it's up and working. Hey guys, yeah. you ready to get windomed? I'm already windomed already, dude. This, I don't know. Just that intro already is windomed me already. Yeah, you got you got pretty excited there. A lot, yeah. lot of talking. Yeah. Well, welcome back, buddy. It's been like six weeks. You all right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. Been a while. Trying to think. I'm like, well, when this one comes out, but yeah, yeah. Jess, uh, when you brought this up, and it is a week, huh? we were going to do this back to back, but we, we waited a week on it. I'm kind of glad we did because this is going to be a lot of fun. I don't know anybody on this podcast that isn't a fan of Barry Windham and doesn't think that the poor guy didn't get kind of kind of shortchanged in the career of wrestling. Uh, what say you, buddy? I don't know if he got shortchanged. I think uh, Windham was naturally gifted, mm-hmm. and I because I. By a lot of people's account, he never really was like a gym rat or anything like that. And I don't mean I'm not ripping on his physique per se. He's naturally like six foot six, six foot seven, like 275 pounds. Like he's a big, big guy. Um, and his father was a wrestler, Blackjack Mulligan. Yeah. And Wyndham was just he was just so physically gifted. He just had those talents. He saw what his dad did, and then when he went in and became a wrestler, he just understood like i i can't describe it he's just one of those guys that would watch wrestling and be like oh i get how that happens how that how you do that how you can make that look real how you do that how you bump how you do it and for a guy that was like six foot six i mean he he bumped he moved he jumped off the top rope like he did the superplex as his finishing move which back in the eight late 80s was like holy shit for a guy that size um but he never like overly trained. He never imagined if he really applied himself. And I'm not saying get all big and yoked or anything like that. But if he really took it, there was just a lot of stories in a lot of guys' books that he was a nice guy. He was awesome to be around. He just loved to drink Jack and Cokes. Like that was what he did. And he just kind of no problem he, with that. Yeah, he owns a ranch right now. He's a southern boy. He's a oh, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like a, a yeah. outdoorsman. He's, He's enjoying that retirement. Like that. I, I think he had some uh, some bad luck with knee injuries. Every run was kind of yeah. stilted by uh, re-injuring yeah. his his knees. He was around a while, but you'd never put him on the Mount Rushmore by any means. But he he fought <laughs> everywhere, and he was right in the uh, right in the heart of the era, the NWA, the height of the '88, that kind of Jim Crockett promotions, and did some stints and was on the first WrestleMania and did a whole bunch of stuff and national athlete and second generation and his pedigree goes into today so uh, while it's not a full-on legacy i think anyone who loves wrestling uh he's like a wrestler's kind of wrestler um he doesn't immediately wrap it up <laughs> no but you're right i mean i when i when i say short change it's short change by the environment by the industry by <clears throat> just happen just happenstance and fate you know so yeah um, well i think we all expected more on him on a world title front is where i'm going because what say you man 
Well, I wouldn't have known, you know, back then I wouldn't have thought that um, anything about that because, you know, obviously it was like still sucking my thumb and watching Warrior, whooping the way, yeah. So I, I, back then, but I do like now because of my view on wrestling and, you know, what I appreciate from wrestling and wrestlers and, and you know, the old school style, it actually made me appreciate more of the, uh, the new Blackjacks. You know, we'll get to that later, but, but I look back because back then when I was watching that, I didn't think anything of them, you know? I'm like, yeah. oh, they're just two bad guys. I'm not supposed there to like them. Later was on, was that your first real exposure him. to him? Cuz was probably new yeah. Blackjacks. I'm new sure Black you'd Jacks, heard of him, yeah. but you didn't watch uh, any of his. Maybe okay. a little bit on WC because I did start watching WCW two a little bit because my my dad and my parents would have it on because um, they knew we liked wrestling in general. As kids, we didn't know the difference between WF and WCW at the time. They're like, here's the so bathroom. yeah. So maybe I probably saw him on that too. But yeah, where I really started to know him was the new Blackjacks. So, there you go. but, but I do cool. appreciate the talent. I did actually watch some videos last night. I was watching some matches. I was watching him and Steve Austin and, you know, ah, good him stuff. teaming up with Flair against Eddie Gilbert and forget who else. But, yeah. 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 Well, let's jump on in to that early life and career. Um, also some WWF action. Barry Clinton Wyndham was born in July 4th, 1960. That's why he loves it so much. God, right on that Independence Day in Sweetwater, Texas. Wyndham was trained by his father, Blackjack Mulligan, and uh, popular world champion Harley Race. He debuted... On November 27th of 1979 against J.J. Dillon in San Angelo, Texas, when he was 19 years old. I um, fucking yeah. crazy debut against J.J. Dillon. That's insane. I mean, to think yeah. about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then J.J. would later go on to manage him in the Horseman. It's crazy. Wow. Awesome, though. It, it was his brother-in-law, Mike Rotunda, better known as... IRS. There you go. Uh, Wyndham formed a tag team in 1984. The duo captured the NWA Florida United States Tag Team Championship three times between March and May of 1984. So it was just uh, Wyndham and Rotunda was the name of the tag team, probably. Didn't really have a, a name, uh, I don't w- think. Wyndham and Rotunda Express? I don't know. I'm just making that up. <laughs> I was like, really? You put oh. ex- you put well, they became U.S. Them. Express, right? Yeah, they did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they did become U.S. Express. You just put Express uh, at the end of anything. Right? Exactly. Uh, that's, yeah, where Lex, that's where Vince got the idea yeah. for Lex Express. Rotunda oh, and yeah. William were signed by World Wrestling Express. Federation in October of 1984. They debuted at WWF as babyfaces on the November 17th, 1984 edition of Maple Leaf Wrestling. You can't make that stuff up. <laughs> Maple Leaf Wrestling presents! Welcome to Maple Leaf Wrestling! And there you go. Tag team was the U.S. Express. Good catch. And Lawler! <laughs> and win. Oh, that wasn't Maple Leaf Wrestling. The U.S. Express. <laughs> well, we don't like them here in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they quickly made impact in WWE's tag team division as they beat North-South Connection. Oh, come North on. Just Adrian stop it. Pick <laughs> a direction. North-South Connection. Um, good gravy. Um, such, well, even even the band WWE said one direction, didn't generation? it? They're like, one direction, not two. Um, North-South like Connection? <laughs> so yeah, like, fucking stupid. Fuck Demolition and the Eliminators and all that North stuff. North-South Connection now. East-West Connection. <laughs> the East-West Express. They beat them for their <laughs> first WWE Tag Team Championship on July 21st, 1985 at a house show in Hartford, Connecticut. One, two, four, Campbell! There is jubilation! Very well done. Work 
Rotundo. Take a look at that threesome, Albano, Wyndham, Rotundo. How sweet it is. Connecticut. Hulk Hogan. Oh, 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 what? Um, oh, brother. Um, don't know where that came from. At the first ever WrestleMania, U.S. Express dropped the titles to the Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov. How about that? Wyndham was at the first WrestleMania. W- he was on a the first WrestleMania. A lot of people probably don't know that. No, right? they don't. And he was also, they were tag team champions going into that. What? You just talk about all the time how Wyndham, who's a WCW guy, that's, how you, that's what you think of him, you know? But it wasn't really where he got his big break. Super cool, super interesting, actually. The Iron Sheik got a home aid and nails Wyndham from behind down. He's gonna get counted out. A new champion, new champions of the world. Volkov and the Sheik, they got the three count. Unbelievable action taking. Look at the guard on its feet. Let's go up to the ring announcer. The winners of this bout and new World Wrestling Federation Tag Team Champions Nikolai Volkov and the Iron Sheik. So let's jump into the JCP NWA sets. In the fall of 1986, he shifted to NWA's Jim Crockett Promotions. Uh, as a territory as a babyface where he had many memorable matches with the Nature Boy Ric Flair. These include matches going to 60-minute time limit draws and even some extending beyond an hour of action. Just Barry, anything in particular we should be catching there? No. Sorry, um, let me tell you, listen, <laughs> I love Ric Flair, but uh, if you, it's not like something, maybe because I was raised different. Like I was raised on the WWF product when I first started watching wrestling. I need a so, finish, bro. Yeah, well, not even that. Like, you just got an hour's a long time. Like, <laughs> like there's again, a lot of headlocks you know, going on. I there, get, like, yes. on the NWA side of things, that whole thing was all about real, like, not real wrestling, but wrestling that looked realer than WWF and a lot more stiff and violent. Yeah, wear and blah, blah, blah. down and win And then, what a worker, 60 minutes, but no one's trying to see a 60-minute match. I, even back then, come on, man. Like. Can you imagine being in an arena, like, and just be like, no. oh, Jesus, 60 whatever, minutes. Like, whatever I, I hear about 30 minutes plus, I, I think of the dragon, but it's not the same thing. I'm, I know it's, I, you know, I'm the guy who's like the wrestling purist usually, but like, I come, I, every time somebody says an hour draw, Ric Flair did more one hour draws than anybody. Like, I'm like, that oh, that just doesn't, yeah. Gee, yeah. That means the promoters couldn't decide on what the fucking ending was. And, you know, they yeah. just decided just to go an hour. Just put it to a draw, reason. put it to a schmaz. Yeah. Yeah. He's the so only have 10 to- guys back in the locker room. Yeah, we we interrupted you there, buddy. Sorry. It it is amazing, though, at his young age that he was going one hour with the world champion. It also shows how great Rick is, too, from carrying this young guy. Um, But at the same time, like, I don't ever want to watch any of those hour matches. He says in a shoot interview that he's known Ric Flair since he was 14 years old. He used to, when he was in high school, he used to go to Ric Flair parties. They used to wrestle hour draws at parties. Oh, my gosh. So. Jeez. In early 88, Wyndham reunited with Lex Luger, and together they formed a tag team called the Twin Towers. That, that Twin was Tower cool. Connection Express. Yeah, <laughs> North-South North, Twin Towers, East-West Connections. Um, on March 27th of 1988. Luger's not even Flash. tall enough compared to him for that. Oh, I guess maybe he is. Never mind. Never mind. I'm stupid. What, what, what is, is it? Luger 6'4"? 
Yeah, oh. this, I don't know. I mean, Wyndham's like, tall. Luger's tall too, I guess. But like, that's an odd name. Well, we just know the Twin Towers as I picture like City yeah, Fight. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, I, like Luger's tall, but height. he's not that tall, right? Because I'm with yeah. you. Yeah. All right. Don't 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 beat yourself up so bad. Are you just got? And I don't even honestly. I don't even really think like. I don't even really think the Twin Towers was like their... I don't ever remember anybody calling them that. I think they maybe one time... It, Jim Ross probably like, my God, they look like Twin Towers! One time, and then that was it. <laughs> they yeah. Look like Twin Towers. Everybody knows the real Twin Towers is Boss Man and Akeem. And I still I still laugh yes. how every time, every time you do a Jim Ross impression, even though this is an 88, you still do the, the side thing when it wasn't going to be like that. I stop. I, I was not referencing anything about uh, Okay. Right. Uh, and also, Twin Towers <laughs> does not age well. So we can move on to that. <laughs> That's... That's fair. That's fair. All right. And on March 27th of 1980, uh, the I almost made a joke. Champions, not they won the NWA World Tag Team Championships from Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard. Those guys are pretty good. So, yes. And uh, that is a moment you should go back and watch from the first Clash of the Champions. The pop when Luger and Barry Windham, the Bear Lex Express, um, <laughs> Uh, won the tag titles, the place went insane. Like it's it's a worthy pop. It's like a lot of people rival it to that area when Hogan won the title ah, from the Sheep. A lot of people say it's like the same level. Like people went crazy. It was a yeah. it was a big moment. Good stuff. Horsemen were doing their job as bad guys. There you go. After losing those titles, Wyndham turned heel and joined Ric Flair's stable, the Four Horsemen. Which also consisted of Anderson and Blanchard. His heel turn was considered shocking at the time. In addition, he began using a black glove as well as a claw hold as his finisher, which was his signature move of his father, Black Jack Mulligan. He would win the United States Championship in a tournament on May 13th of 1988. How, how did he get through there, Jess? You remember? That's, that's a... He, uh, being a heel here, this is probably my uh, second favorite, maybe favorite version Time of Barry Windham. Of Barry Windham, yeah. Yeah, I, I love I love him as a heel. I loved him when he was a horseman. I loved him when he won the U.S. title. Yep. He had a cool feud with Dusty Rhodes uh, right after he won the title. the best version of the horseman, you know? Uh, and when I he beat so. Dusty Rhodes, it was really cool. Like, it was the, their match was excellent, actually. And I'm trying to remember when they, oh, yeah. what pay-per-view they fought. But he ended up beating... Uh, Rhodes with the claw, but Rhodes worked on his hand the whole thing, so it was like Barry was selling uh, his hand. Uh, so you were oh, okay. Wow, I think it was. Cool. It, I think it was Great American Bash '88, but I could be wrong. You said Rhodes' was yeah. mentor, pretty much, or Starcade '88. It's one of the two. It was in '88. I'm almost positive. Every single um, NWA pay per view back then to me is Chi Town Rumble. Yeah, <laughs> like it's every single one. That happened at Chi Town Rumble '88. <laughs> no, no, it didn't. no, it didn't. Are you sure? No. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Sure. Yeah, it was either. I want to say it was it was Great American Mash '88 or Starcade '88. I cannot remember, and I'm, I, I hate myself for not remembering this fact. But I really liked the match a lot. There was a lot of really good psychology in it, and then he ended up beating. I think because Garvin, Ronnie Garvin, came out and turned on Dusty Rhodes and knocked him out, and then Wyndham put the claw hold on him and pinned Rhodes. So it was a really memorable moment for me. I remember watching that with Joe. That's fun. After a brief four month run in the World Wrestling Federation, Wyndham would return to WCW in May of 1990 and reunite with the Horsemen. Why only yeah, he four stopped. Months? Uh, I don't remember what happened. Uh, oh, fuck. I think there was a. I could be off my timing. There was some scandal that him and his brother were in. Fuck. Something to do with their ranch. My God. Oh. I read up on it too, and I think he had to leave because of that. Um, 
He was called the Widowmaker when he went to WWF, actually, which is kind of a cool name. Um, But he was only around. He was supposed to be on Macho Man Survivor Series team in 1989, but he was replaced by Earthquake at the last minute. And Earthquake just happened to debut a couple weeks before that. So he fit fine. But it was supposed to be Wyndham on Savage's team. Talk is known to strum that guitar on people. You think the Superfly would do his homework? No. I think he's too stupid. The Widowmaker, Barry Wyndham. Big Texan. And then he was pulled off out of nowhere. I think there was some kind of legal controversy or some kind of, oh my God. Why don't I remember this? Um, with him and his family in their ranch or something. So he had to leave for a while and go take care of that. Yeah. I don't know how much longer he would have been in there. And I, I would like to think that Vince would have treated Wyndham well because he was big. But uh, I don't know. But I, I did kind of like the Widowmaker name mm-hmm. and character. Would have been cool to see where that goes. Um, as the middle of the year approached, controversy erupted in the WCW, which had withdrawn from the NWA and declared its own world champions. When WCW World Heavyweight Champion Ric Flair was fired by the company, causing the title to be vacant. Um, yeah, nobody knows what happened after that. Um, interesting stuff. Um, well, what? It's in our he gave, he, what are you talking about? He gave the title back and he left, and that was it. Yeah, he, and he got his deposit back, no problem, right? <laughs> yeah, he it's didn't in our archives. The, he didn't yeah. take the world title anywhere. He didn't take that's it fine. to another place and show it off, and you know, and totally bury it. Um, but yeah, that's cool. Uh, Wyndham was then elevated to number two contender spot. And faced Lex Luger in a steel cage match to declare a new champion. At the Great American Bash of 1991, Wyndham lost the match to Luger in a double turn as Luger became the top bad guy of WCW. Real quick, Wyndham, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Uh, I just I had to look it up because it was bothering me. Yeah, Wyndham left the company in 1989 due to his family's involvement in a counterfeiting scandal. Oh, damn. I think it had wow. something to do with their family ranch business or something like that. They were doing some kind of counterfeit shit. You know, IRS don't play that shit, bud. Yeah, yeah. I'll turn you in. Rotunda was definitely involved. Rotunda had to take care of that. He'll turn him. Um, (laughs) Yeah, that's why I got his nickname. And uh, Teddy Biasi paid some people. Yeah, but going back, uh, Wyndham lost that match to Luger (laughs) in a double churn as Luger became the top bad guy in WCW, and Wyndham becoming one of the most popular. Uh, Such the word. It's a fucking word. Say nothing. <laughs> but uh, wasn't this like one of your favorite times of Luger? Just you don't have to get too far off on Luger. No, no. 1991 was an absolute <laughs> trash year for WCW. Like, especially after the whole Jim Hurd thing was just a nightmare. And then after Flair left, Great American Bash 91 is highly regarded as one of WCW's worst, if not the worst. I've, WCW I've actually heard. Uh, I've actually heard of uh, Jess Birch. Or sorry, of Jess saying that um, Jim Hurd is one of the best. Oh, yeah. time. Sure, sure you did. Sure you did. <laughs> totally. Uh, to he, thinks, that out he, thinks you're, he thinks you're Jim Hurd. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. No, I don't. That's yeah, not, that's, Great American Bash was crazy, and like Wyndham actually was kind of more... He wasn't really pushed to the top of the card, then all of a sudden out of nowhere, they're like, he's the number two contender! Barry Wyndham! So all of a sudden out of nowhere, in a cage match, he's facing Luger for the WCW Championship in the main event of uh, Great American Bash 91. It was confusing. It was awkward. Um, Wyndham hadn't been pushed really as a face, so to try to cheer him was weird. And they were just both... Luger came in as a face, but then left as a heel. And I guess, whatever. It ended up... I, I liked Luger's run after that as champion, even though WCW was in turmoil, but it was not good. Unfortunately, yeah, all joking aside, that's what I thought we were going to talk about. You kind of liked that. that was he a mystery opponent for that? No. Okay. No, he was a mystery opponent later. I know what you're thinking of. Oh, okay. okay. 
Uh, Wyndham would become a full-time uh, singles wrestler in 1993 and pursued the NWA World Championship held by the Great Muta. Not the original version. It is the sad version that came back. They tried to revitalize it. So for people who don't know, uh, in early 1991, the NWA withdrew from WCW, and then it was in the middle of Ric Flair's run before Ric Flair got fired and left uh, because of Jim Hurd. Ric Flair actually became the first ever WCW heavyweight champion while he was NWA champion. So the NWA committee, which was a dying thing anyway, because all the territories were shut down by that time. Sure. Um, the NWA decided to withdraw. They went away for a while. Then they came back. And then New Japan and WCW tried to strengthen their relationship and said, hey, why don't we bring the NWA title back? Uh, and then that will be the title in the United States that kind of represents, you know, people from New Japan could come over and challenge people from WCW. And it, what sucked about it was there was already a WCW World Heavyweight Champion, which was Vader, which sadly shadowed Vader's title reign in 93. And I hated it. So they brought the NWA championship back and it was so there was kind of two heavyweight champions on WCW television. There was the WCW champion who was Vader at the time. And then uh I think Masahiro Chono won it from the tournament. Then I think I I think I have flashbacks of trying to ask Justin. Yeah, why, why are the two champions like shut up, Dave, just deal with it. Like just get back. Yeah. <laughs> Masahiro Chono won it, and then I want to say Muda beat him in a tournament, and then Wyndham would go on to <laughs> defeat Great Muda. Where does the inside joke, Masahiro Chono, where does that come from? <laughs> I don't remember, but it was probably just Jim Ross. Somewhere. It had to be just Masahiro Chono. It's one thing that I, re I really liked about WCW because they all they never gave up on their New Japan relationship, but it was so hard to put those guys over to an American yeah. audience. It just was. Yeah. And uh, as a wrestling fan, I loved it because like I was interested in that. But if you're a casual you ain't going to draw any casual fans by bringing yeah. a bunch of Japanese wrestlers over because it's hard to translate. It really is. Unless yeah. you're Muda and you spit missing yeah. your... Unless you were face. tape trading, you saw nothing of any. Like, you yeah. read about the magazine, you'd never seen a New Japan match. Yeah. Yeah. You're heavily, if you're tape trading, you're pretty heavily invested. You are no longer a cash. So, oh, where was I on these? Oh, it was when he uh, beat Muda. Yeah. Yeah. Ric Flair, who returned to WCW that night, tried to present Wyndham with the belt. But when Wyndham saw it was Flair trying to put the belt around his waist, he took that belt and walked away. And Wyndham would go on that summer at uh, Beach Blast or Bash of the Beach. I think it's Beach Blast. Beach Blast. Yeah. Uh, next he, would... he would lose the title to Flair. Yeah. There you go. He's got to hurt him a lot, though, before you try this. Has he hurt him enough? Well, I don't know, but it... Flair. They're both up. Whoa. He got it. And that hurt Barry, too. Look at Barry Wyndham. Yeah, and he would take almost a year off due to a major knee injury at that point, briefly returning in 1994. And that brief return, Craig, is what you remember. At Slambury of 94, they had basically signed Hogan already, but Hogan wasn't ready to debut. So they kept saying, Rick hey, Flair man, will take was, on... He was still filming Thunder, bro. He was. He was busy. They kept saying that in uh, at the you know uh, for the WWE Championship, a surprise guy yeah. uh, in Slambury, nineteen ninety four. That was it's six. Hogan. Yeah, there was it's six foot seven. You. Sorry, I he was it. six foot seven, oh, three hundred pounds, and blonde. And he will he will face Flair. And then it was Wyndham that came oh, out. Oh, what a really out of shape, actually. Bullshit. Uh, what a 
That what a dis- like what a terrible way to yeah. And it's not that's not Wyndham's fault, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure he was just in it for the payday. But Wyndham was noticeably heavier when he came back at Slambury '94, and Flair defeated him. That's that's your new Instagram. It's Pikachu, and you say Hulk Hogan's coming, and it's very <laughs> That's actually really funny. Fuck, I should do that. <laughs> uh, Fuck, we need to make that happen. Yeah, you should. You should I think you can do that. You got I, we can. You can make it work. It's All Pikachu. Right. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I always. I don't know why I always laugh. Um, uh, World Wrestling Federation, he's back! Uh, Wyndham would return again to the WWF, making his first appearance in a vignette on the August 10th, 1996 edition of WWF Superstars. His first match back came nine days later when he defeated Justin Bradshaw in Good. a dark match at a Monday Night Raw taping in Wheeling, West Virginia. Woo! Woo! Under the Jungle Terror name. Uh, named later shortened to the Stalker. That, that got a lot better. Okay. Wyndham was given as a deranged ex formal jungle command jungle commando gimmick of Yikes. the Stalker wearing camouflage face paint. I think you it said it right. awful. Yikes was really the word. It was awful. It was so awful. He was always Yikes. in the swamp and That's... he would come up and he would have like camouflage paint on. He was like, be quiet to you. That's actually what I remember as a kid first is, is him as the Stalker. <laughs> but when the Stalker enters the World Wrestling Federation, those predators will become my prey. Stop. With his camel yeah, in, the, in the fucking little swamp. Yeah. That, that's so ridiculous. Yeah, Poor was, guy. Yeah. He was but in yeah, for a payday. Come on. Oh, in 1997, late... Skinner, uh, Skinner, Stalker, same thing. You know, just one has child, one doesn't. When the later turned hill and formed the new Blackjacks with Justin Hawk Bradshaw in December. And Juan cuts his heart over. There it, it is. When them dyed his hair. Sorry, that was a bad pause. His mustache black. Die. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Wyndham says during a suit. <laughs> Wyndham says during a shoot interview that McMahon, uh, the night they were supposed to debut, debut, they had to go out to a salon and get their hair changed because he said, oh, yeah, I need y'all black. I die black. I nobody so, told you that. I actually like yeah. that they did that though. That Vince was still holding on to some of the, you know, paying homage to the past with that. I do yeah. like that. I wish he still did that actually nowadays. Or he didn't know what to do with him. He's like, just look like your dad's. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's Both better of you than, look like Blackjack. Than pretending you Both have nothing to do with it, Braun Breaker. You know. <laughs> I'm just saying. You know, I'd rather him do that than fucking pretend that it didn't exist before. Yeah, but there's that. a fine line between that though. Sometimes. Like Wyndham paying tribute to his dad back when Dave was saying he put the black glove on, that's subtle and cool. But then coming in sometimes with your dad's last name is a death sentence. It's hard. It's it's hard to Yeah. Not yeah, everyone's just... Charlotte Flair. Ah. So let's get back. I made you die. You your hair for nothing, you fool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got paid, didn't you? Ah, ah, jokes on you, stupid idiot. Yeah. Like, go back yeah. to Stalker. That's how much power I have. I bury you. Oh, did I stop your heart? Or did I make you a no, widow maker? <laughs> Here's your check. I, I'm sure like, Wyndham's like, yeah, thanks for the check. I don't, I don't really care. You want me to dye my hair or whatever? Just pay oh, me. Man. Just pay me, bro. All right. End of the career is wrapping up. In his last World Championship Wrestling run, Barry Wyndham was originally brought back by Eric Bischoff, who had a turn on Ric Flair. Barry was then loosely associated with Bischoff. NWO's Hollywood gimmick for a while before forming a tag team. With Kurt Henning. Well, that oh, I love like, this so much. Mm-hmm. Barry re-injured his knee <laughs> during the, this period, but would return as part of the West Texas Rednecks. God, I fucking love uh, them. In mid-1999, 
along with Kendall Windham, yes. Henning, and Bob Duncan Jr. They would eventually win the that. WCW <laughs> Tag Team <laughs> titles Dang. before splitting great. up. Kendall Windham has got the belt in his hands. Silverman, oh, the referee being distracted by Barry Windham. And Kendall just clawed the outlaw with the belt and got the pin. That's a travesty. Oh, the outlaws were looking so good there. But the tedious rednecks come away with a victory. Well, they retained the world. Oh my God! So yeah, I love I love that it was 1999 was a dying year for WCW for sure. But oh my God! So they WCW went the on this thing. kick for a while where they would have these musical guests come on, like they had Kiss live, they oh had uh, um, oh, Master right. P, and they had oh, yeah, all this stuff. Horrible too. And they had Megadeth one time, and so it was to re-debut Goldberg and change Goldberg's thing. So before I think Megadeth did, maybe it was before. Yeah, it was before. So they get out there, and the fans think Megadeth is coming out, but the West Texas Rednecks come out, and they got they're playing they're playing instruments, quote unquote. And Kurt Henning made me laugh so goddamn oh, yeah, he, hard. He's so fucking funny. And oh my god! And so I think it's what got them over. And he gets on the live mic, and he's like, "You guys are about ready to listen to mega crap. No, you guys can listen to it. it's so great." He's like, now you guys can listen to the little ditty that we wrote, and a one, and a two, and they <laughs> sung rap as crap, and I laughed so fucking hard. It was awesome, yeah. And yeah, and also they did it too when Master P was on there. That yeah, might have been when they started they, it. That's why they did it. Yeah, it like a and so, because Mr. Perfect kept saying, or Kurt Henning at the time, just kept saying rap is crap. So they sang a song called Rap is Crap, and it's glorious, and it's fantastic. It's the best fucking song ever. They did also did this Sounds video like a one time. Fire in a good way. Oh my god, it was the best. They were the best. I, I laughed so hard at the West Texas Rangers. They were so good, and it was Henning. It was Henning and Wyndham, and they were just basically like good old country boys or whatever. And they did a video called "Good Old Boy," and it was them like they were riding quads and shit, and Barry fell and ate shit, and like it was just a whole. It was awesome. Like it was just the the whole like they did like this four month period where they were so funny, and of course they broke them up because why not? I think yeah, it was right. for injuries and stuff, but. But man, like the West Texas, Tex, wow, West Texas Rednecks is a bright spot in an otherwise dim 1999 yeah. for WCW. Ooh. Go back so and just type right them in. There. Go to uh, YouTube right now. Type in West Texas Rednecks. It's so good. They're so good. Uh, Gary really and Kendall were shortly released by WCW at the end of 1999. Uh, by 2001, Wyndham began competing on the American independent scene in the Florida-based Turnbuckle Championship Woo! Wrestling. DC Windham, DC Dumb. Don't remember the fucking bingo halls fucking chanting that, bud? I don't remember. No, I no we all had TCW shirts. Yeah, yeah we all did, Dave. Fucking Ron Van Dam, you reckon there? Yeah. Uh-huh. Fucking Babu and uh-huh. fucking Babu. <laughs> Windham worked as a producer for WWE. The band band? He appeared on the Rick Flair and the Four Horsemen DVD. Barry was also seen during the 2007 WWE oh, Hall of Fame broadcast. Sitting next to former partner John Bradshaw. Paulie safely. <laughs> the red meanie. <laughs> so I'm that was a week after. We're gonna move on to his personal life and health issues. Oh. Nope, we are now gonna do Turbuckle Championship wrestlers for the rest of the episode. As soon as they come to our head, start those those legacies. No, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. Oh, Get through. Man. Push through. Sorry, oh, fuck. Oh, Jesus. Oh shit! Uh, Perry Neptune, get, get <laughs> serious! Um, <laughs> uh, shit! Oh shit! Uh, the miniature pinchers. <laughs> oh shit! So stupid. 
All right. <laughs> well, I can't. I can't read this while this is happening. There's no fucking. I'm reading it right now. If I right. read this, we're we're, right. we're 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 going straight to hell. We're going straight to hell if I read this. Right. While you read this. Right, you get, old old Jack. Old Jack. Stupid. <laughs> All right, all right. You, you, we're done. Fucking read it. No, we're done. I'm sorry, Dave. Dave, I'm sorry. I apologize. You, you, no, you go ahead and read it. No, you guys want to joke around and talk about someone's health issues while you do it? You you do. No, we're getting serious right now. Health is serious. Everybody, take your health seriously. Yeah, take care of yourselves, guys. Dude, it's coming. There's another one coming. No, there's not. We're done. I mean, it's. I think we took up all the good ones. Yeah. Why don't you think of another one? Hmm. What? Yeah. Don't give us that opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's a bad strategy. This is tough. All right. On the evening of, on, uh, October 26, 2011, Barry was taken into intensive care in Florida after suffering a heart attack. It was reported that he was hospitalized for either a very serious stroke or a massive heart attack. It was in the ICU unit. He was found at his ranch by his brother-in-law, Mike Rotunda. His family confirmed that Wyndham suffered a major heart attack. His father, Blackjack Mulligan, posted a message to Facebook saying, I have a son near death. He was later moved to a facility in Orlando, Florida for an MRI on his neck due to the fall he took from that heart attack. Wow. And in a late interview, uh, a later interview Jeez. on uh, Monty in the Pharaoh broadcast in 19, I'm sorry, 2019, Wyndham appeared to deny having a heart attack when asked directly about his health. Wow. He won't even admit Fuck it. Yeah. No um, sell your, your, your heart attack. Classic Wyndham. That must have been a Tommy Nightmare. Mm-hmm. It's interesting Wyndham. that Mike Rotunda was around for a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, he really was. Yeah. Mm. You guys uh, missed Cuz's oh, thing. What are you saying? Yeah, I, I yeah say it, repeat it, Cuz. I said that must have been a Tommy nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> I told you. There was another one coming. Oh, I, told you. I told you. Um, all right. Uh, Wyndham has a son named Callan and a daughter named Abigail and his ex-wife. Uh, Kebra? Is that right? Kebra? It's not Kebra? Uh, yeah, Kebra. Oh, sure. All right. Just making sure. Uh, he also uh, he's She's also fine. the maternal uncle of former WWE superstars Bray Wyatt and Bo Dallas. We all know the daddy of Mike Rotunda. Wyndham was inducted into the WWF Hall of Fame in 2002 as part of the Horsemen. Should he be inducted by himself? Uh, yes, absolutely. Currently, oh, yeah. Barry lives on his ranch, out of the public eye. I think you see him for signings from time to time. He's done interviews. I've seen a few interviews yeah. with him on Hannibal TV and stuff like that. It's one of the oh God. Hannibal. Yeah, I I feel like if I was the wrestler being interviewed by Hannibal, I'd be I just get frustrated because it's like so very you. No, I know that's wrestled, why I, I, Hannibal is very Club. successful. He is. He's very he successful. But here's how he sounds. So did you um when yeah. you were in WWF was it cool? Yeah, okay. it was cool. Like that yeah. every single I like, like the everyone. I like the wind that, Wasn't that the Chris Folly version? Remember when you and by the way, that? He, that, that, that was so awesome. <laughs> the wrestlers don't even know. have to try. He's like, I don't worry. Don't you don't have to elaborate on anything. I'm just I will just keep moving regardless of what whether you say one word or or I am going to put Hannibal, you behind yeah, these really shitty hotel yeah. curtains and I'll have two <laughs> off color cameras which don't mix together. It will, it will be great. Okay, and shoot. So, Greg, when you were teaming with British Beefcake, was that fun? Yeah, it was. Yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah, because I, I know one time I interviewed Brutus and he said that he liked that too. So yeah. Yeah, it was fun. both liked that. That's Hannibal. Like, every fucking interview. Wow. He's having a nice little run on the independent scene. But, he's, uh, but I, I'm telling you, he's he's a big dude. Big, he's good. Big, big dude. I he's like his gimmick a lot. Guy. He's a good wrestler. And he's very successful with his uh, YouTube channel. With the Hannibal TV. Wait, Hannibal's a wrestler? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, then I apologize. He's a legit, I MMA, he's a, he's oh. a legit MMA like trained guy too. 
But nope. uh, I, had, I apologize. Good thing I'll with... never meet him. I apologize. <laughs> I'm so fucking sorry. I had sorry. no idea. Uh, Hannibal, very, so, uh, very I, I wish someone would put their hands on me. Uh, That's right. I, I definitely recommend going back. And I'll have to. I'll the, go get uh, Florida Championship Wrestling's Fraz to go help me out. <laughs> fuck there it is. There it is. TC Dub. Fuck you. I I did the bad joke to end it, so now we cannot do it anymore. Well done. There it is. Yeah, do a bad do a bad joke to around. I think Taz would actually be Bugs, wouldn't he? Bugs Bunny. <sighs> oh, okay. Like an opposite. Uh, see, I'm not good for this. You guys, you're good. But I was going to say, go back and listen, at least even though, you know, get through the Hannibal stuff. But uh, the Barry Windham interview is really good. He kind of gives you insight on a lot of stuff like his relationship with, like, you know, Dusty being his mentor. Uh, He talks about Bam Bam Bigelow a lot. And Hannibal actually asked him a question, which I don't know if anyone can confirm. Uh, He asked Barry and Barry says, I'm not sure about that, uh, about Nikolai Volkov, that he injured himself or, you know, he, he retired because of injury just so he can collect the Lloyds of London paycheck. And then that's why he never came back. Uh, Nikolai. He asked oh, Barry. Could, he asked Barry well, about that, and Barry kind of went. You know, a lot like, of wrestlers oh. did do that. Yeah. yeah, that's what. And Barry was like, I don't know if there's enough Lloyd's of London policies around. You know, or left after yeah. you know everything that happened back then. But I definitely recommend going back and at least listening to like if you don't know about Barry Windham, he took you know a lot of good yeah. stories. And he doesn't bury anybody. You can tell he doesn't want. To. He's not no, comfortable. He's, he's 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 really cool. And, he's and just the story, yeah. I was gonna say the stories you hear about Barry being like a really good guy and stuff. You can yeah. You, you could tell by yeah. them talking to him and stuff. And, and he's um, a guy. He's, he says it multiple times. He's like, I hated the travel. Hated the travel. Yeah. He's like, I'm not yeah, gonna be a producer ever again. Yeah. I think he hated the, the I, uh, travel of the business. And I he said earlier, too, too, my favorite version of Wyndham was the when he was U.S. champion, uh, or second favorite, excuse me. My favorite version, even though it was with a shitty version of the NWA championship, was when he was NWA champion. Like, I loved Barry Wyndham in that hey, time. Hey, Jess, while you're, while you're on it, that trend, what was your favorite like song, theme song that came out with Barry Wyndham? Oh, my God. It was the WCW one in 93. Smoking and joking. <laughs> We're just I'm gonna play right here. I knew it was coming. It's the best. It's really good. That's the one. Did you smoking own your theme song in '93? Yeah. Was it smoking and choking? Did He's you said, like that? I yeah, did own it. I, I did smoke and I liked it. Too. Yeah, I did actually. <laughs> he said was he was your dad, Blackjack Mulligan. Oh, that's cool. I just he was, like, somebody had, he was somebody on the booking singing for That's what he said. Yep, yes, I was. He was booking. He booked all the divas when he was a producer. He did all the finishes for all the divas back then. Yeah. Oh, did he really? Mm-hmm. Oh shit! I, I don't know. Nice. I'm making jokes. So yeah, I like this because it's what happened to. Because you can easily say what happened to him. Yes, he was put in the Hall of Fame with the Horsemen, uh, or as part of the Horsemen, I should say, in 2012. But um, it's he kind of just kind of fell off the face of the earth. Like he sort of just left mm-hmm. wrestling and uh, didn't, you know, does it, every now and then. I think he's probably been on a couple like Raw Legends, hasn't he, or something like that? Maybe. Like, I don't uh, even think so, dude. Honestly, I don't even I don't, know. I don't even like so. yeah. I know his health wasn't the best for a while, and uh, <clears throat> so yeah, he. Um, but Barry is one of the guys that I remember growing up, just really enjoying his work. Uh, uh, yeah. Brian Pillman versus Brian Pillman, Super Brawl One. They had a great uh, uh, brawl there. Um, his match with Muda at Super Brawl Three, it was just kind of cool seeing him win the title. He defended the NWA Championship at a Clash of the Champions in the summer of '93 against Two Cold Scorpio, a match that I just should be on both their top and their resume, like it should it should be watched and talked about. Um, he's he's done a lot of good stuff. He had a, a good match with Bam Bam Bigelow in 1988 in WCW. The Rhodes match I talked about. He's Wyndham's, and he's had a lot of tag team success. Just the early first WrestleMania tag team champions with Mike Rotundo. He was tag team champions with Luger. He was tag team champion to WCW with Kurt Henning as part of the West Texas Rednecks, which was awesome. He's had a lot of good stuff. When you start talking about him, you're like, oh my god, yeah, oh my god, yeah, oh my god. Like you yeah, just remember it, that. Isn't it funny? It's just kind of sitting in front of our face right now. I didn't even think about it until just now. I'm, I'm looking at, you know, your notes here. 
Because I, I feel like he's going to come back because, uh, you know, Bray Wyatt's doing this whole Cult of Wyndham thing. And that would actually be cool if, if, if Barry was, like, the leader and he has, like, an on-screen, you know, whether he's going to AEW or wherever he's going. Well, I mean, to um, argue, if it was AEW, there's, no, there's less, a lot less travel but, for sure. Well, that would, I, I was going to say, there's a tie-in or, you know, a connection right there. Fucking who does Bray Wyatt always, you know, praise to? Sister Abigail. That's, that's Barry's daughter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's oh, like wow. staring right in yeah. her face. Yeah, and I'm like... And then he's starting the cult of Wyndham. I'm like, I think maybe Barry Wyndham's going to come back. Actually, I think he'll have like, be a, like the cult leader or whatever. That'd be that, cool. Yeah, and it'd that'd be great. Be all right. And Brave, why like, not? AEW does that explain. with every fucking. They bring totally seriously. Like they bring uh, Robert, Jake Snake. Jake. Yeah, that, well, that's yeah. what made me think of that too. Was the yeah. fact that those two. So that we, we may have cracked the code here. Huh? I, I like money. Wyndham. I like if that. It, the cult. I, of, I like money. Now, now we're going to say if it happens, all this happens. Should we call it? It's on our podcast. Bray Wyatt listens. I Is it true I'm, that you listened to a podcast back the, in 2021? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Did they really Hannibal, Hannibal might fly and beat me up if I. He actually might. I think he would. Yeah, he might. He's. I mean, he's out here oh, he right now. He would definitely. He would definitely. He's having it. a run on the independent scene right now. It's like Blood yeah. Demon or Blood Destroyer or something right. like that with a mask. So. Oh. All right. Yeah, I was watching a couple of his matches. I just want to apologize, Hannibal. I didn't know that you were that guy. I just thought it was some guy. So I just hey, I didn't do anything. Hey, I more apologize to your channel. What, I, what do you want, bud? We're subscribed to your channel. We fucking give yeah, you the right. money. It's true. Right. We are. And I steal some of your right. audio from your interviews uh, for all that. <laughs> <Yeah. stuff. laughs> so, no, 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 I'm really going to come down. Right before he punches you. Just so did you think that was real, right? Just real, Craig. You can, t- you can take him. It's fine. Totally no, I can't help kill me. No, yeah. none yeah, of us can. Not all four of us together. We Just don't hurt Craig. Healthy young lad. So, <laughs> yeah. For audio fans, give us a listen to Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Shitcher, or Google Podcast. Or you can watch our videos at YouTube at Our Wrestling Channel. Can you do us a solid and give us a follow on social media on Instagram or Twitter at OWB2019? Mm-hmm. Or you can catch us on uh, that really old place, Facebook, uh, and Our Wrestling Podcast, where Cuz still advertises. Um, check him out. Um, doing a lot of good work over there, Cuz. We appreciate you. This is Dave, Jess, Craig, and Cuz. Yeah. For once. With the OWP signing off. Have a good one. T-C-W. <laughs>